0: you hear me all right? I've got this fan on, it's so fucking hot.
1: <laughs> yes, I can hear you fine.
0: Oh, marvellous. How are you doing?
1: I'm good, how are you?
0: I'm all right, it's warm. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to thunder or it's storm weather a-brewing.
1: I don't know, there's no, I don't think there's any rain forecast down here, but I don't know what you've got. What's the temperature?
0: I don't know, actually.
1: Think it's forecast about twenty-three here today.
0: Seventeen, so oh, work older than you. <laughs> Shouldn't know then.
1: Seventeen. <laughs> that's not hot Lee, is it? Twenty
0: at two o'clock. Oh there you go. And that's that's it, that's job lot.
1: That's just pleasant.
0: <laughs> oh. It's muggy in here, muggy.
1: Yes, it's been humid, that's true. Not good for the those of us with curly hair, is it?
0: <laughs> the old frizz. Eesh.
1: That's me. Yep. <laughs> there, there is no product on this earth that can control mine.
0: Have you tried? Let me pl- pronounce it right. Cantu cream.
1: Never heard of it. That sounds like it's for thrush or something. <laughs> <laughs>
0: some yoghurt ointment.
1: For the... <laughs> Never heard of it. What is I th- it?
0: Uh, I think it's more for um, like African Afro hair. Oh, right, okay. It's, yeah. it's, it's just a big tub of cream for like a five in the supermarket. It's really, really good. Oh, okay. Really, really good. And it doesn't do that horrible dry crispy thing neither. It just leaves it well conditioned.
1: I've got, um, because I I put tons of leave-in conditioner on mine when it's wet. But it, mm. it still gets the fuzzy halo. <laughs> Only sort of fucking halo I'll ever have. Make <laughs> the most of it while it's there. <laughs> oh, what do we got what do we got this week?
0: Well we did have some questions through, but a lot of them are to do with what's in the news anyway, so oh, I okay. thought we might as well just plow. So Last week, I think we finished off on serial killers nice and chirpy. Because
1: <laughs> we love them. And then
0: <laughs> and then it came out, it might have been yesterday or the day before, about the, um, the nurse killer that's just been going into court for the seven babies. I didn't really know anything about it. And then Mark, yes, he is still alive. Mark filled me in, in on it. Yes. I recognise the story. Right. Is it, uh, is it in
1: was, the UK or America?
0: I think she's the UK. Is it Lucy oh. Letby, she's called? Oh. Lucy
1: Letby. I'm sure
0: was... i have to double-check that now. Um, yeah, in you know, a Chester, Chester hospital. She's been found guilty of murdering seven babies back in 2015 and 16. Jesus. Um you know when you start listening to a story like i remember this from like a documentary like <laughs> 10 like 10 years ago <laughs> um but yeah so she she got found guilty for that and then um i d- i did a bit of a a deep dive into it and they had a, some barristers defense barristers just chatting away they weren't defending her it was just, it's just the the job that they yeah. happened to do um and they were saying it's actually quite common in the medical industry to have these sorts of cases, not always babies as such, but to have um, nurses or doctors that have been found guilty for causing harm to patients, which I never knew.
1: I, mean, I wouldn't say it was common, but it do, I mean, it does happen. But there's always got to be some sort of. Psychiatric kind of mental health thing going on underneath, because a normal average nurse just wouldn't do that.
0: <laughs> oh, you know you're not going to pop down to your local <laughs> local chemist and never come back again. <laughs> the um, what's the the condition where the people do things to
1: munchausens?
0: That's the one. Yeah. I, that's the first thing that sprung to mind because I think that's been used as a defence in a few cases from what I had a look at online.
1: Well, if if you've got Munchausen's yourself, you fake illness yourself mm. to get it attention. But you can there's also Munchausens by proxy where where there has been instances where mothers do it with their children. And
0: yes, Gypsy Rolls Blanchard's probably the most famous one for that, isn't she?
1: Don't know, I've not heard that name, but that you know, that's when they sort of in somehow or other, by whatever means they choose, they make it's usually the child, their child normally, mm-hmm. um, either do things that make them sick or fake stuff or whatever. Um, yeah, that's that's and and again, it's it's for attention. I don't know. I don't know a lot about the psychology of it, but yeah, those two things.
0: It's strange though, isn't it? I can not understand, but I can envisage the um one where people do it to get sympathy or attention more easier than what I could.
1: Yes. Yeah. But to, to, to do it to your child is just a, yeah. another level of fuckery, really, isn't it? That's just hideous. You've got to be pretty deeply unhinged somewhere to do stuff like that, I think.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's been really weird as well because the, um, when, it, when it first came out that she'd got charged, I think everybody was obviously on board with it, and then, and now things are... Slightly changing again because apparently they've found her guilty on however many charges it was off circumstantial evidence rather than actual criminal evidence. So now and now a lot of people, professionals, are arguing that actually you know a lot of these cases where nurses are getting charged for murdering patients, that a good percentage of them, uh reversed and flipped and scrapped years and years down the line when actual proper evidence comes into place, and so now they're kind of toying with the idea of is she guilty or is she not guilty for doing it in the first place because everything's circumstantial. evidence. I think to be fair, one of the key pieces about evidence was she'd written notes um, which were found in her own house. I think she'd taken some of the baby's notes home. Hmm. she I don't know if it was a diary. They're making it sound like it was a diary, but she kept Putting in there that she felt responsible for them and that she was an evil person, blah, blah, blah. So they're trying to toy with the idea was is that really a self confession or is that just a natural thing for a nurse to have if a patient dies that is under their care that they take that blame and responsibility on themselves?
1: Mm. I, didn't, um, I didn't, I always was under the impression that circumstantial evidence was not admissible in court. Well,
0: I did. Yeah, and the, but the barristers, the barristers that were talking, never really brought that up because, by the sounds of it, the only thing that they had on her was they'd gone through. Somebody reported it early on. The hospital in Chester tried to deal with it in house first mm. to see if they could piece together, and apparently the only thing that they could tie her down to it was with her roller that she was the the one common factor throughout all the the deaths was the fact that she was on on shift or working at the time. Mm. Uh, But again, if she was not not guilty, that'd be a bit of a shitty thing really, just because you were working. Yeah, a
1: bit rude. I was going to say that may or may not be sort of crucial evidence like it might just be a horrible coincidence it might not like you know if you look at it from from a neutral perspective
0: mm-hmm.
1: it might be relevant or it might just be a terrible coincidence who, who knows and has she been well, like sentenced yet or is that still to come
0: yeah, well, it says convicted. I I don't think they got her on all seven counts, though. Mm-hmm. Um, the the barrister guy was saying that if it did go to a retrial for whatever reason, that they can never legally retrial on counts that have been found as not guilty. It's only yeah. the ones yeah. that are guilty that can retrial.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I, well, I suppose we'll we'll see what happens with it. I mean, <laughs> if she's guilty, then good riddance. See you later. But. Yeah. Interesting. I just found it peculiar how one day it was everybody's pitchforks and Mm. after not even 24 hours, it was a bit of a, oh, actually, maybe, maybe it's um, circumstantial evidence and it's not. So, yeah, that's that's what the UK's got to offer. (laughs) Do you remember, what was that old fella that used to... That was a doctor, yes, yes. And he, was, he was killing everybody. What was he called?
1: I can't remember. oh, Harold Shipman.
0: That was the one.
1: Jesus, where did that come from? <laughs> um,
0: you'd be reading on him. <laughs> no, no,
1: that's weird. That just came out of nowhere. Um, isn't memory a weird thing? Um, it is, yeah, because he, he was doing it to, like, elderly people, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, I think he was getting them to put him in their wills and stuff, wasn't he? Uh, that might, I think. Because I, I know he did home visits more than anything with them, didn't they? Then,
1: oh, so than them so he, then? so he was sort of the a money-motivated thing, perhaps.
0: I mean, he, he looked fucking evil, to be fair, with the piano. I know they don't put out the most flattering pictures of them when they arrest them, but my my God, he was a... Yeah,
1: he did look a bit dodgy, didn't he? <laughs> he did. He, he
0: had that look, didn't he? <laughs> he? could tell he
1: wasn't quite But then wrong. again, it, it, like, anyone can look dodgy if you put a bad story to them. I'm not defending him. I'm not defending him. No, but, no, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. No,
0: it, It's intentional, isn't it, the pictures that they
1: put? Yeah, yeah.
0: Because to be fair, when you look at this this woman's um, mug shot, she looks a bit iffy, but actually when you look at the stuff that was on the NHS website, like the um, you probably, staff photographs. You probably wouldn't,
1: wouldn't blink an eyelid when you walk past her in the street.
0: No, you'd invite her for a cocktail and she'd be your best mate. So. Yeah. Oh,
1: there's, a little, so there's a little bit of evil in all of us.
0: <laughs> so do you know what somebody else said that the, the, the other night at work? Oh, really? We were just casually chatting. In the end, they said there's, there's, um, they thought that by nature there was there's a bit of evil in everybody.
1: Oh, I, yeah, I agree, I agree. Um, you know, with the majority of people, you probably never actually see it, or you might just it might be just a little tiny kind of thing that you wouldn't really bother about. But yeah, I I agree with that statement. I think. But I think given given the right circumstances and the right emotional duress and the right buttons being pushed, anyone can, like, flip and kill someone.
0: Oh, I believe that 100%, especially if it came to um, protecting loved ones or family or anything like that, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think absolutely everybody. Yeah,
1: yeah. Have that. At some point, if you put the right ingredients in, and the situation, and emotions, and buttons pressed and stuff, yeah, yeah.
0: So that a bit. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, this is... what's coming out of the UK today. This, however, this
1: is a cheery start to Sunday. Isn't it? it is.
0: <laughs> Australia's not getting away with it though, however, because. But... It. Down in the lands of Oz.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm gonna tell you this as allegedly because go on, um,
1: go on. <laughs> I don't I don't
0: think she's actually been convicted yet, but there was a you're probably able to help me with the, the um pronunciation on it. Mm-hmm. Is it Leon, Leon Gatha in West in South Australia? L-E-O-N-G-A-T-H-A.
1: It'd probably be Leon Garther, I think.
0: That sounds a bit more proper, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if there's any Aussies listening and butchering your uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> location. What, what happened there?
0: So there was a woman called Erin Patterson, hmm. um, who is divorced. She's split up from her husband. And she had invited her husband over for... meal Mm. to try and come to an agreement on splitting the childcare between them. Right. Um, But she didn't only invite him, she invited his parents, um, his mother's sister and her husband as well. Okay. And dear Erin decided to cook them all a Beef Wellington. Oh, she didn't. So... (laughs) Shouldn't lie, it's not funny. People have died. It's not funny. Snap out. Um so she cooked them all a beef wellington and she served it to them. Her two kids joined the, joined them for the meal. But the husband, the ex-husband actually backed out of the meal and didn't turn up. Mm. Um but she decided to go ahead anyway. And a couple of days later, the ex-husband's parents, um, the mother-in-law's sister and husband. Mm. Got really really sick, and the in-laws have died. The sister died, and I think the husband of the sister-in-law is
1: mm.
0: still fighting for his life. But they reckon that she's it's the mushrooms
1: mm. in
0: the Beath Wellington. I can't. Was it Death Cap? I think they're called.
1: Oh yeah, Death I've, I've heard of mushrooms. that. Yeah,
0: yeah. So she reckons that she's just used button mushrooms. <laughs> From the supermarket and some dried mushrooms from the um local Asian market. Mm. Um, however, they have a found that she tried to chuck out a dehydrator. I think that's what you call them. Mm. She's tried. She's tried to chuck that out. She didn't have the beef wellington, and nor did her kids. They had a completely separate meal to what was being served to no. the ex-husband's no. family. So she's trying to say that it was a freak accident. It was, It. She feels horrible. The mushrooms were sourced where anyone else could source them from. She's absolutely devastated, and she's shocked that people have rushed to such conclusion, conclusions to think that she's... Tried to murder her ex-husband's family. I, I, f- I think it s- speaks for itself, doesn't it? Surely. Interesting. If if someone sat me down with a group of my family and they and their family were eating completely different food to what we were eating, not prompted, that would rouse my suspicions.
1: Hmm. Mm. Interesting. And. <laughs> Yeah, it's like what? What has she got to? Why kill the in-laws and the other people in the family? Like, if presumably her primary target, if if that's what she was doing, was her, mm. was her ex-husband, but he wasn't there. Why would you go ahead and well, kill the other people? Like, what's what would she get out of the that? The only
0: thing that I can make logic out of that is they've not said when he pulled out. Of the, um, mm. out of the gathering so it could be possible that he pulled out by the time they were already there mm. or she was serving dinner for example if he was intending to go up until the last minute and then something cropped up maybe they've not actually said um,
1: I just I've, but if, if
0: you've survived and your kids have survived and you've intentionally made a separate meal I, I just can't see any other logical reason to do that
1: And can you assume that her motive was that she wanted sole custody of the children? Like, What's the feeling that I had? Or is there something else? Because if it was just about custody, why kill the in-laws and stuff? And the other people?
0: I guess it depends what kind of relationship she had had with them as well. Because to me, it reads that you, she can't have had a good relationship with any of them oh. if they felt that they all had to be there to discuss the kids.
1: But if you'd if if you were going to like bump off your ex husband, so you got sole custody of the kids your chances of getting away with it are much better if you only kill one person than five. Like, to kill five people, True. You, you've you almost got no chance of, like, the more people you kill, the more likely you are to get found out, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know, I'm just like playing devil's advocate and it's just like, well, what's her motives? What was she wanting to get? What was she wanting to achieve? And would that be the best way to do it? Because, yeah, you've got more of a chance of... Been caught if you try and kill five people, especially all the same way at the same time. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Haven't heard about that, but that's weirdly interesting.
0: Yes, I thought it was fascinating. Mm. It just popped up as I was googling the um, the UK Seven Baby one, and I thought, oh, <laughs> Australia's had a bit of a a bit of a time of it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she she reckons that she's down at the bottom here in one of her um, statements. She'd reckon that she'd had some of it as well the next day, but she'd removed the mushrooms the day after because her kids didn't like them. I can't say. I um I believe that. Mm. I don't know. We'll see what comes out of that one as well. But, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah,
0: Don't fucking eat mushrooms from... Ex-partner, because <laughs> you might end up. <laughs>
1: That's your takeaway lesson for today, people.
0: <laughs> that is a very women's because we said, was it me and you that said last week that? Um, yeah. When we go for like poisoning and stuff like that, it, it does scream a very yeah because it, female way of
1: because um... it's not violent and it's more sort of mm. uh, slightly one step removed from the the situation rather than directly. Shooting or stabbing mm. somebody which is kind of direct contact and very violent and it's very rare for women stabbing stabbing in the heat of the moment yeah maybe but f- f- to do things like oh especially like to um, mutilate bodies after you've killed them is not something a, a woman.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, it's very, very, very rare for a woman to do that. That's more of a male thing.
0: There we go? I'm trying to find... Since we're talking about One and By Proxy, the film, uh, Run is what it's called. Have you got Netflix?
1: Yes, yep.
0: Have a little look at um, Run. I think it is based off... Um, the Gypsy Rose Blanchard thing, which was basically a, a mother that was telling her daughter and everybody around her that she was ill. I think in real life she was making out she had cancer and mm. about 20 other different illnesses. Um, but it's loosely based on that, but it's a brilliant film.
1: Oh, okay. well, Keep an eye out for that. Um, We watched oh, – I can't remember what it was called. We watched uh, the other night uh, – movie it had um, Michael Keaton in it and it was the story of how McDonald's began in America oh yes yeah
0: yeah is it good
1: yes yes it was it was really interesting um, and it, like two brothers whose last name was McDonald um, they sort of started a single uh Take away places, it were. Mm. Um, but it, then they, then they, they brought him in. He, uh, Michael Keaton was his. Oh, I can't remember the, the name of the person that he played. Anyway, they brought this other guy into the mix and started sort of doing a few more. Um, Uh, what's the word, branches, if you like. Um, And initially he signed this agreement and he wasn't getting very much money out of it. So then he he teamed up with somebody else and who gave him the idea to buy the land and lease it to people. Yes. And that's when everything really took off and then he started to get really... um, Rich from that, and then basically he stiffed the original guys and went on to. Well, you know, we all know where McDonald's has ended up now. But um, so it, it started in the fifties. But it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. We we actually quite enjoyed it, and I didn't realise the story was that complex with yeah. what went on between all three of them. And um, yeah, very interesting. Oh, I'll give that
0: a go. It's always been one of them that pops up, and you just think, mm, "Do I don't bother with it?"
1: Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. What it it wasn't overly. You know, it wasn't like three and a half hours or I anything. Mean, uh, <laughs> it was. Um, we we watched it after we popped out for dinner. So yeah, we, we, I quite enjoyed it, and I, I quite like Michael Keaton. So that wasn't, you know.
0: You don't seem around that often, really. Do you? Well,
1: no, it seems pretty quiet these days. But uh, I could also. No, no, on, you're all right. I was just gonna say the role that he played, I could also imagine Tom Hanks have could have done it as equal equally Boom. good a job of it. But um Speaking of Tom Hanks, have you seen <laughs> I mean I'm I'm sort of kind of neutral to him. I think he's a decent guy and, you know. I
0: like, I enjoy I like his voice. I like watching him. I don't think there's anything really that I've seen him in that I've not enjoyed. Yeah.
1: Have you seen the one where he plays the pilot who landed that plane in the Hudson River? Sully, yes. Oh my God, that was great. I really enjoyed that.
0: The, um, and I only watched that because the, uh, the book was like two pound in the works years ago.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Sod it with the, but he did an incredible job. Yeah, that was really, that was really, really good.
1: good. Yeah.
0: I think the real pilot as well had um, made a few comments about how good he'd portrayed. Yes.
1: Him. Yeah. Apparently.
0: Um, I don't remember when was that. Was it in the eighties when that happened, or was it not that old?
1: I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Let me have a look.
0: They did have a documentary about that on Netflix and the footage was horrendous when they were trying to get them out of the, um,
1: yeah. Yeah, it'd be, the old river. It would be your nightmare, wouldn't it? Uh... Let's have a look. 2009
0: it happened oh okay that's a lot later on than what I thought
1: yeah yeah
0: I thought it was um
1: yeah I, yeah
0: a lot older than <laughs> that
1: no God. no January the 15th 2009 wow yeah I would have thought it was like in the 90s or something yes yeah Oh, so have we got any questions that we have to answer?
0: a lot of them were well majority of them were. From oh, you market. said
1: they were about the about <laughs>
0: that. Yeah. And cool. the um the topics. the other one that got mentioned was the Hawaii Hawaiian fires. Mm. Um which was interesting actually because I did made a flying comment to the other half that wouldn't it be um, a turn of events Mm. if it turned out that it was deliberate from the elites trying to get rid of the people down at the bottom for the land. Um, Because I I think that had been um, rumours for years and years and years that the um, the government and that was trying to buy some of the native land off the um, Hawaiians on the island. Mm. And then, Anita, and then... (laughs) And
1: then... Yeah, as with everything
0: else, stuff started popping up. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try and get it in the um, the right order and see what you think of it. Mm. Um, so the the first thing that people had picked up again, we've said it before with the news. The news always put one thing out and then yep. they slip up. Um, the one of the governors was on. Was it? On? It might have been aired on Sky Australia. Actually, I do like them. I, watch them quite a lot sky Australia. they're cracking presenters um so they had question time with the, with the the governor and he said so a bit of context um hawaii has some of the most advanced public sirens on the planet oh really um, like the old, yeah and like one of the old school you know the war ones just to let everybody know something's happened yeah Um, So the the governor was questioned on why they had not sounded the alarms when the fires had broken out, and his response to the media after umming and ahhing, and there's been a bit of a heated debate with his security and the, the reporters asking the questions, and he eventually turned around and said that the reason they didn't set off the alarms was they were concerned that the residents on the island would think it was for a tsunami, and that would cause them to run to higher ground, which is where the fires were were located. Right. However, the government website states that the alarm system that's in place is for uh, earthquakes was number one, Mm. wildfires was number two, Mm. Terrorist attacks was number three, and the last one they'd sound it off for was tsunamis, so he kind of contradicted himself. Yeah. Um I think again Russell Russell Brand's done a bit of a bigger deep dive mm. into it yesterday with the, the government side of it. And um, the other thing that popped up that was strange was a an official had written a book which you can buy on Amazon. I think it was called Fire and Fury. Mm. which is 86 pages of interviews, evidence and data about the Hawaiian fires. But the weird thing is, is the book was published on the 10th of August. Mm. And the entire book is evidence, data and personal stories mm-hmm. from the date of, let me get this right, the 8th of august to the 11th of august which is a day after it was published the day it was published so that people are looking at this now and saying well hang on a minute even if it's only 86 pages of a book there is not a kind in hell's chance that you've managed to write that get all the documentation get all the data get all the personal stories and type it up and get it published yeah like it's just absolutely impossible that you've to do that Hmm. to the point where you'd be able to sell it the day before yeah that's (laughs) weird Um,
1: Mm, yeah go on
0: and the last one that started popping up which i thought was peculiar um was the another governor i think it might be the main governor of of hawaii um it was one of those interviews where they've kind of rounded up the interviews, you know, when they catch them making comments, when they, yep. when it's all rounded up and finished. Um, the governor was saying that they have or were going to buy the land that had burnt down to turn into a memorial mm. for the people that had died. So my little joke about wouldn't it be a, a turn of events if it was for the government to buy the land mm. is fully what they're doing. I think a day after the fire, it was put in the Hawaiian news that the um, developers were trying to buy the land as well, right? um, Which was which is uh, some of them are dickhead developers, very insensitive. But the government had stopped the developers from buying it so that they could purchase the land for these memorials. So Mm. I just think it's. Interesting, it is just a conspiracy theory, yeah. of course. However, sometimes they do prove out to be to be real, but it's um I just found it fascinating how all this stuff stuff's been randomly popping up because obviously the Western media are all saying climate change, climate change, this is what it's done but hmm. I don't know, maybe there's maybe there is something a a seed of truth somewhere in there, maybe.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, you're sort of never going to really know, are you? But just well, I don't back, think... Getting back to the thing about the warning thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If if that if that happened, if you heard that sound, surely the first thing that you, one someone would do would well, I'm just imagining if it was me the first thing you would do was, like, look somewhere to more media to find out mm-hmm. what the warning was about or – because, you know, if it's a volcano, you're not going to run away from the sea. You'd probably go in the other direction, for example. Yeah. Like, if that, if that warning sound went off, wouldn't the first thing and, – and also – people would have known that there had been already bushfires going, bushfires, that's what we call, uh, fires um, sort of going off around the island. And I was just thinking about what you said about the governor, why he said he didn't put that. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that all just seems a bit weird.
0: It was, I mean, it's, Having wildfires in Hawaii isn't new. It is, no, it is for all intents and purposes a common thing because it is that hot and dry over there. And, and, and I think only... Hawaii is a volcano.
1: Well, yeah, it is. It? It is a... Yeah, it is. But you couldn't, you couldn't just not do something and assume that every person would do the same thing and go in the same direction. Do you, do you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, no, like, not when from what... everyone's. Trained that those alarm that alarm is for five or six different, different things. things yeah,
1: hit. yeah. Like, wouldn't you want to know what it was before you chose which way you'd go? And you couldn't guarantee that everybody would go in the same direction if they didn't know what it was either. That's just a bit, that's just no, that's yeah. just all a bit strange.
0: Well, I I think by the sounds of it, I know the, the death polls quite high now, I think, but I think a lot of people have did did go back into the into the homes. I think they were told to go back in the homes. I will have to double check that one, but I'm sure one of the um announcements was to um to stay put. And a lot of people have been found found in the homes. Mm. Um, but yeah, and no, I I'd agree with you. If, if we had sirens like that over here, regardless of what before, I think that your first instinct. I mean, I don't know how modern Hawaii is. I've never been, but I personally pick up the mobile phone and just see what's been posted about first, like news and yeah, yeah, social media, just to get a rough idea. See what
1: the alarms for, and then kind of act accordingly rather than not know. And every you couldn't you couldn't predict that everybody would all go in one like you couldn't you couldn't be assured that if you did it to herd people in one direction that. Huh? Not everybody would go the same way. Oh, that's what. Yeah, that's. A bit, weird.
0: A bit odd, isn't it?
1: Yeah, very strange.
0: The book got me. I just don't know how that fella did all that in the in a book of the day before. What he'd written about, very peculiar.
1: Oh, that's yes, that that that's questionable <laughs> as well. Very strange.
0: There you go, everyone go out and buy Fire and Fury and so see what you make of that one. <laughs> uh, the other one people wanted a couple of questions on was the Britney Spears thing. I don't really follow her, to be honest. Me neither. She's not being my cup of tea. I know she's getting divorced, isn't she? Again,
1: you know more than me.
0: Yeah, getting divorced. Um, I, I didn't read too much into it I don't really care, to be honest. Um, no, but apparently he'd accused her of cheating. He's a rather good-looking guy. Probably says probably game will come <laughs> out at some point <laughs> of <over> the next.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, um. Yeah, I I just think the woman's a mess, and I don't think that's her fault. I did watch that um documentary they did was it Britney versus Spears because Spears, her dad's a fucking lunatic. Yeah,
1: being, yeah, being, I know, you know she's had like that that issue all the stuff around how her father's been has been going on for years and yeah. only recently gotten out from under it sort of thing. That's my understanding, but yeah, I kind of feel, yeah, I, I of think feel they've a had bad around... for her in a way, but absolutely. Yeah. I think they've had a pumped up
0: on drugs and lithium and lithium, as far as I'm aware, turn your brain to mush anyway for mm. being that long. Um, but yeah, so I've not really got too much to say. I don't, don't follow her. Don't listen to her music. No, uh, me neither. But yeah, sorry, Brittany. Yeah, yeah she's just getting lost.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that, must, hey. that must be about number three, at least, isn't it? I don't know. They're all they're all terrible. For, I don't know how they
0: how they work through so many husbands and wives, unless unless. Ugh. It's not. It's not normal for like average day public, is it? Like, how many people do you know that you can say, "Oh, in the last five years, they've been married and divorced three times." Mm.
1: I I do know a couple of people that are on their third marriage, mm-hmm. and yeah, I just want. I just wonder how they find time to do all that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, she's not put an album out for how how long? Ten years or something. Oh, that's true. So oh. She's she's, she's happy. I didn't even know she was married, to be honest. And by the sounds of it, they've been together for quite like six years or something like that. But well, I have
1: I have no
0: idea. Didn't
1: didn't uh, she um didn't she Was it her that did something like went to Vegas, married somebody, and then divorced them like ninety hours later or something? <laughs>
0: It rings a bell, yeah. I couldn't say, yeah, certain I don't know. Number. Yeah, it does.
1: I don't know details, but I think possibly at some point she did that. I don't
0: know. Well, mind you, look at people like Katie Price, they're getting married every five minutes, aren't they, to somebody new? And...
1: Oh, I can't, I can't be asked with her. <laughs> just
0: no, I don't, I'm not a fan. <laughs> it's, <before. laughs>
1: She's it's just a Caricature, caricature of a person. If you ask me, Mm. stealing a bit too much oxygen. (laughs) I agree. I
0: agree. definitely uses a a child as a social media pin. I think.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, just. Allegedly.
0: You're, you're not here next week, are
1: you? No. no,
0: no. I've actually got a week off for a change, so I might not be here. I might do something either earlier or later. But
1: yep. No.
0: The idea of a, oh, just a pure one week off for a change from everything, every job, sounds that ideal. That so <laughs> sounds
1: like a good week. thing to do. Are you going to sort of go away or anything or just...?
0: kind of afford to eat at the cost of living honest to god it's just ridiculous and I, we said the yesterday because we had the day off together yesterday mm. um we went around the same five fucking shops that we do every every weekend um, <laughs> but ever since all lockdown and the um all that stuff i don't know what it is just afterwards i don't know if it is just because of money and everything crashed it, it just seems like there's nothing to do anymore mm and we've never it's never felt like that since prior to them we've always gone off and, and done stuff done stuff and done weekends away and that but at the minute everything just feels like everyone's just stuck in a simulation loop doing, doing the same thing day in day out week in week out
1: yeah you got yeah it's easy to get stuck in a sort of a rut isn't it of all the things yeah. that you need to do every week and blah 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 but yeah but no, well, wait oh, excuse me. We're um, no, we're well overdue for a nice, a nice rest in the thirty degree sun with lots of beer. <laughs> lots of beer at lunchtime. Cocktails, nice food.
0: You see how she's rubbing it in.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, you deserve it. It's about time you got in the sun. Have a, a bit of decent summer before our winter kicks in.
1: Well, yeah, it's um, it's really just been such a non-event this summer this year. But Andrew just says, "Oh, well, you know that's what British summers are like. That's why we go to another country to get some hot weather." It's like, yeah, true.
0: True, but then years like way back when, I I, I remember our summers being really really hot and really long. Hmm. <laughs> Back in, like, maybe the, the late 90s early 2000s. Um, maybe it's just because you're in, maybe it's just a young mind thing back then, possibly.
1: I just, I, I just specifically remember the last few summers because last year Charlie had had major surgery, so for eight weeks yeah. of July and August we were basically on very limited activities, so I I had to just stay inside with her. So And it it was quite a good summer, but I didn't get to see very much of it.
0: Yeah.
1: And then the summer before that, it was really rainy and rubbish, and then the summer before that was lockdown, and it was actually a really good summer. And
0: now this shit. (laughs) And
1: now this shit this year, so maybe next year it's sort of – going to be a good summer but it is nice it is nice to I think just from your own like mental perspective or for just me it's um you know to be able to to go out and go for a really long walk in the woods with Mm -hmm. the dog and it's nice and you just got a t-shirt on I mean it's just such a enjoyable thing to do when you can't even do that for a couple of months a year it's a bit
0: tedious it's a
1: bit hard to swallow it's just like really <laughs> just give us a break just
0: need to move abroad and eat that's the well I d- cheaper i did somewhere all year
1: i did move abroad. Well, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> oh dear but it-
0: that was what i was going to ask you actually completely off topic mm. um i don't know if you've seen it but yesterday um I just happened to fall upon a video of the opera singer Sarah Bright- Brightman.
1: Oh yes, I saw you posted that. Yeah, I had a quick look at that. See,
0: so on Facebook stories like you can when people respond to them it comes through as an inbox. And I started getting people commenting that "Oh, they they used the song time to say goodbye as a funeral song. I never knew it was a sad Song, I've always known it by the um English translation, which has always been a romantic story, really. Have you, um, do you know it as a sad, a sad song rather than a uplifting one?
1: Um, I mean, I know the song, but I've never really kind of you know delved into the actual lyrics and, and what um what you know what the story is, sort of thing. Um But I think, and also, I think I've more often heard it in Italian than English, maybe. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't yeah. really know what the what the actual lyrics are. I'll have a look.
0: I think it's the version she sings, because there's, there's two translations. There's one that is older, which is the one that she's singing for the English version, mm-hmm. and then there's a more, I think someone sat down... With somebody that is, um my brain's going it, Italian to English translator, like a professory person, and I've translated it again with a bit more flow and a bit more sense to it. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the general gist of the lyrics is the protagonist is wanting to go out and explore and adventure the world by by ship and by, by ocean mm. and the it, they're trying to convince their lover in the song to take that journey with them mm. and as the song progresses it, it appears that they both do go off and do that journey together so the goodbye the time to say goodbye is them saying goodbye to the country that they're in and the people around them rather than each other
1: mm, mm. but as the when you actually read the lyrics in English, um, yeah, it's sort of...
0: Are you having a look at it now? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: because like I said, I've, I've more often heard it in Italian than English and I don't actually know what the actual, you know, the guts of the song's about, but it's actually... Yeah, I would actually say that's ambiguous that it could literally be either story.
0: Either, oh yeah. Um. After we finish this, I'll send you the um, the more modern translation. It's got a bit more because that one that you're probably reading, I found it to be quite contradictory in places. Yeah,
1: yeah, quite ambiguous.
0: They didn't. It, yeah, you can tell it's a translation rather than that's how it was exactly written. Whereas the other one's got a bit more. Flow and context, right, right. Uh, yeah, I'd I'd no idea people were using it for for funerals and
1: well, I suppose the title it, the title suggests it could be used at a, as a funeral at a funeral, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, and I don't know how they got that title from it either, because the original Italian version, when you translate it, I think. It's either I will sail with you or I will go with you. It's not actually time to say oh, goodbye. Okay. Oh, interesting. So I don't know how they they landed on um,
1: oh.
0: time to say goodbye. Dead fascinating when you start reading into these things with, with um, song titles. Well, yeah, I just thought it was, I found it really peculiar that everyone thought it was a really sad song as so, well. Well, I've been thinking didn't it's think a it happy song for the lads. Oh,
1: <laughs> interesting.
0: yeah, no, she does a very good job for her age. I think she's in her early 60s now, I think.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, I wasn't sort of a, a huge fan of her voice, you know, when she first sort of became mm-hmm. well-known. Um, I mean, that's it's not because I don't like, uh, you know, opera, opera or operatic styles of things, sort of, because she's got quite a classical kind of trained voice, I think. Yeah, I think yeah, it's fair. But um, it's interesting too how like if you compare people's voices, you know, who were sort of singers, how they are when they're young, and if they have like a long uh career, and how your voice changes as mm. you get older, it's interesting because you can't you can't keep singing what you how and what you did in your twenties when you're in your sixties. Generally, oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah. I thought I thought her voice back then, when she was famous with, I can't, I, I can't remember his last name, Andre Bocelli. Bocelli. Yep. I thought her voice then was bordering whiny high pitch. Yes. Yes. Whereas now it's a lot more mature. It's a lot softer and a lot more. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Mellow. Exactly. Generally, you can't hit as high notes as you did when you were in your twenties.
0: Well, it's the same with people like, I think, who do we listen to that's changed? voices voice has changed. Yeah. Shares has changed quite a lot. I think, I know she uses a lot of um, electronically stuff yeah. on top, doesn't yeah. she? I think that's her thing. Celine Dion, I listen to her quite a lot. She's Her voice is a lot deeper than what it used to be. I can't I
1: stand her voice. I can't stand her. Music. Can you not? No. I can't. Are you one of
0: them that find her really nasally?
1: <laughs> oh, just not. No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, she's like in my top three. Hard no. <laughs> no. Oh, Anita. <laughs> Does that mean our friendship's over? <laughs> no,
0: it's fine. it's fine. You can have that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't make you like Bono, do I?
0: What about his voice? Have you noticed a change in his
1: voice? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, Absolutely. I mean, he's been singing since he was sixteen, and he's sixty-three. So yeah, yeah. Um, I, t- I tell you, I I really, really. I mean, I like her music as well, mostly. But I really admire the different avenues that Lady Gaga's gone down with her singing. Mm-hmm. Did you do you remember that the thing where um, it was the first time I think that I really saw her sing in a classical fashion where she sang um, the Sound of Music at the Oscar or whatever award thing. I just, that just mesmerised me. I just thought, fuck, lady, you have got something else as well. And then all the stuff she did with Tony Bennett, extraordinary jazz stuff.
0: She stuck to that as well. She's just put tour dates out for jazz sessions live again. Wow. So she's she's kept up with that. Did you see the so after she'd done the Sound of Music tribute, mm. um the West End cast of Sound of Music the Musical did a video back to her. So they did the a brief breakdown of the Sound of Music play, but they just used Lady Gaga song.
1: Yeah. Oh wow. Have you ever what, that sounds cool. If you've not
0: watched it, I'll send you it. It's brilliant. Yeah, that it's
1: sounds good. interesting. Yeah.
0: Really, really good. But, yeah, she's she's brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. I think she, it's it's actually the 15th year anniversary of her first album, actually. Oh, really? This week, yeah, which is sickening, because I remember when it f- first popped on the shelves and everybody was like, who the fuck's this weirdo? <laughs> the next minute she blew up into... Uh, one of the biggest artists going around at the time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, what well, I think the first song of hers that I sort of remember was Poker Face. Mm. Um, I quite and I quite liked the song, and and then there was a, there was a couple of things after that that she did, and I and like I think the the accompanying sort of video for the song was a bit bizarre, but <laughs> oh, you know who cares about that, it's just like yeah, go do your weird little thing cool <laughs> do
0: your weird little thing oh. well, so, well I, she did a lot, I'll never forget when um, they were, I don't know, when they were doing a lot of the um performances of her first album live and there was a lot of rumours going around, she was a hermaphrodite oh, yeah so all the interviewers for the next year were asking her if she had a had a penis. <laughs> and then she started wearing strap-ons on stage so it was just poking out underneath her skirt. Love it. So that it was love it. fueling the uh
1: the gossip a little bit more. That's 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 the correct response. Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah. She never answered yes, yes or, no or no in any no. of, the, any of no. the interviews. She just kept wearing <laughs> wearing this strap on on every uh performance that she did. I love
1: that. Yeah, that's cool. That's the way to deal with crap like that. <laughs> <laughs> or she could have gone one step further and just like wore it on her head.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that would have been an Anita response, I was just just...
1: about to say that's what <laughs> I would have done. I would have just whacked one on my head and gone on stage. It's like, fucking take that, you stupid fuck. <laughs> oh, dear.
0: God bless her. She better not do anything to. Piss me off because I've got a tattooed on me now. So, <laughs>
1: and, um, <laughs> do anything to piss you off?
0: Oh, oh I was pre- you know, when all the um, with the vaccine stuff and the, the mental health stuff, you know, when mm-hmm. celebrities kind of jump up to speak out, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: every day was just, just please just keep your mouth shut and don't say anything so I don't have to get this thing fucking removed. And <laughs> she never said a word, so yeah.
1: So you're She's, all right.
0: Uh, we'll see what a new film's like when that that's got to be coming out soon, I think.
1: Did you go and see the one where she was? Oh God, I've forgotten the where she was the Italian woman.
0: Oh, House of Gucci. Gucci,
1: Gucci. That's it. Yeah. Did you? Brilliant. Yeah.
0: Really enjoyed that. And I didn't think that would be my thing at all. That was
1: good. That was a good movie. I enjoyed it. I think that was a that I know I know it
0: happened to be alive, but the um the book on that was quite good as well Ooh. that they took the script from.
1: Oh right. Yeah, that would be a good read. She was I don't know I
0: can't remember what the woman's name was. now. I don't know if she was I know she set out to kill him or whatnot, but I did feel quite sorry for her mm. by the end of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wasn't I it? Know, it was no, good. I can't. No, I can't remember the woman's name off the top of my head. Mrs. Gucci, wasn't she? That'll do. <laughs> That'll go.
0: I'm gonna have to go. That's gonna wind me up now, Gucci.
1: because I, I was gonna say Stephanie, and I thought, no, no, that's Lady Gaga's real know. name. <laughs> so that's yeah, that's not it. So that's why I didn't say it.
0: <laughs> Where are we? Where's she gone?
1: Interesting, there's people that Patricia, Patricia, that's it, yeah, yeah, that's one. yeah. Interesting people like, like her, and like, for example, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who were or Beyonce, who were like so mega famous that you only need to say someone's first name. But mm. I know Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I've read also with Gaga that like right from way before they were famous, they said one day I'll be so famous. People only need to say my first name or like Mm. I know Lady Gaga supposedly have said things like that early on in the piece before she got famous saying one day my music will be everywhere. And, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger has said like right back, way back when, when he was still in Austria everyone would know him just by his first name. Interesting to have that kind of, um, I I don't know if it's just self-belief or that sort of knowledge of yourself that you know that you're just going to, mind you, there's probably 10,000 people in the world who had that knowledge Mm -hmm. and self-belief but it didn't come true, so I don't know.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, that's it. How many stories are on the flip side that didn't work out? Yeah,
1: yeah. I guess
0: it depends what what you believe. There's a lot of people that believe that you get back what you put into the universe if you're telling yourself that you're going to make it and you're going to work hard for it. And it comes back threefold. Because I, I know there was a, a few interviews earlier on that were stitched together of, of what other celebrities thought of Gaga. And they all, they all pretty much said that before she was really anybody when she came into the room she always acted like she was always famous and not in a arrogant way but she just sort of held herself had a
1: presence yeah yeah, yeah, had, yeah.
0: had a presence from it it's, um, it's one way to stay motivated yeah. I guess on the flip side of that if you're telling yourself that you can't do it over and over again then you're not really going to put that effort into yeah true get that far
1: but that, like, that kind of just when you, something you said a couple of sentences ago is just like, um, what, you personally, do you believe in karma?
0: I like to think that I do. I've never seen any evidence of it. <laughs>
1: mm.
0: Um No, I don't think I've had any experiences really where I can say karma's come round and No,
1: because asshole people what? get away with shit all the time.
0: well, we've said that with with jobs and stuff, it tends to be the not so nice people that get rewarded and get taken up to the top over the um mm. the decent hard working people. Mm. I mean I, 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 but then I guess it depends. How you view things like a certain ex of mine mm. which we both know mm-hmm. ended up with my ex before him unknowingly um oh really yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that, and that ex before the uh the last one was not a brilliant person so i suppose really one could look at it and say well that that's karma that they've ended up together really <laughs> yes that was an interesting conversation that day when that came out wow um,
1: that's just slightly weird isn't it
0: i don't even know how it happened because they they didn't live anywhere near each other Mm. Um, (laughs) Mm. they weren't in the same circles and then the one that you and i both know Mm -hmm. um, a couple of weeks before that he'd actually reached out to apologize for everything Mm -hmm. Um, wasn't having none of it when i told him what he'd Actually done, but yeah he apologized nonetheless. And then one day, I got a random message off him, which was let's just say it was being spiteful. And I was like, "Where the fuck's this all coming from?" Like you've been you've been fine one minute, and now mm. you've gone to this. And then it turned out that his new partner, that was my ex, had found photographs of us together and been like, "Oh shit, that's my uh, oh that's my ex." So yeah, they ended up together. I think they're still together. I'm not really sure, but yeah. I suppose that could be a bit of karma. suppose.
1: well, <laughs> wow! That's, enjoy that. That's that's a, weird, <laughs> that's a weird little coincidence, isn't it?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um. um, I I can't remember the name, and I don't know the names of the two people, <laughs> but there's these. Maybe you've seen there's these two there's these two fellows that do um a podcast and. People send them in sort of, you know, relationship questions, moral dilemmas, this sort of thing. One of them's just, uh, I suppose he's like 30s, Um, just a pretty average, excuse me, just average chap. Excuse me. Um, The other guy, I first saw him and he used to do, he he was very, very, very high up in – Uh, like five-star hotel management, and he did, like, little videos on, like, etiquette about. Oh. And um... he's got, like, a um, very short blonde hair. And
0: the posh one's William, I think, and the other one's Jordan.
1: Yeah, maybe that's – I can't remember the names, but I originally saw the the blonde guy doing these things like he was – a hotel, some something in the hotel industry, and you uh-huh. would do these things on etiquette, like you know which way to put your knife and fork, and how to eat soup, and where to put your napkin, and all this, and and you would say, and you never, no, never do that, blah blah blah. <laughs> but they just have the most hilarious things sent in, and and I'm like so, I don't know if they're true or not, but one, one that I saw yesterday was this young fellow had been uh, like on some gay dating thing and had made contact with some fellow. Well, and, anyway, long story short, he found out that the fellow was his father. Uh, hey. Yeah, who was downstairs. No. <laughs> on his computer sitting <laughs> next to his wife. And the, and the son was upstairs in his bedroom on his computer and they had oh, been exchanging no. messages. And then when they exchanged pictures, I don't know, like uh, – is that true or not? I've got no idea, but... but uh... I mean,
0: Do you know what? It probably would happen, because for some, well, I don't know why, they, well, some of them do it because they don't want to be identified because they're not out of the closet. Yep, but yep, yep. on that app, I'd probably say a good 90% of the people on the profile pictures that they put on is literally just the torso. so there's no head. And people are really...
1: Oh, really? Really,
0: yeah, they do not like sending face photographs first. It always seems to be the last... You get the torso first on the profile and then it's the dick and then then the
1: and then you get the and then the get the face last. Then you get the face. You know, just
0: impress with everything else first before you send the mugshot over. Oh god. Uh, so, did you see the um the dildo one of theirs? Yes. Yes. Went... <laughs> yeah,
1: that yeah. But things like that kind of make me wonder oh. if any of those things are actually real stories cuz they seem a bit too far fetched sometimes, but I will still have a laugh at them.
0: I'd, I'd imagine people will make – I don't. I don't think it's them to um, necessarily making it. I think it's definitely people sending stuff in that might be other
1: people just making up stories, exaggerating, exaggerating. Bit, yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I'm trying to think what their podcast it is. It is a good. What's it called? No, it will come to me in a minute. Help! I to my boss. That's what it is.
1: Oh God! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've, I've
0: never. No, I don't. Never been in a circumstance where I've accidentally sent anything to my boss that was a bit. on un-
1: <laughs> No, no, I can't say that I've ever. No.
0: What do you think about manners and stuff like with the the points of view that he has been like old old school English manners. You think it's something that is well and truly lost these days?
1: Um, I think it depends it sort of depends where you are and what circumstance you're in like oh. I'm trying to think of an example um, for example in in Claridge's, the hotel in London. <clears throat> Which is sort of, you know, your basic, in inverted commas, your basic room, <laughs> your basic room costs about four hundred and fifty pounds a night. Um, now, w- when you are in the public area, you know, the foyer, the restaurant, whatever, yeah. you cannot charge your phone. You can't have charging cables plugged in. You just cut. You cannot. It's just not allowed because it's for whatever their reasons are, it's, un- <laughs> it's unseemly or something. I don't know. I mean, any other place, like, who would give a shit if you had your phone on charge yeah. plugged in somewhere. But, yeah, there, nope, not allowed. If you want to do that, you have to take your phone and your charger to the concierge and he does it behind his desk. That's not really manners, though, is it? That's, yeah.
0: Probably that's, that, just a tripping hazard. That's
1: <laughs> Not the best example. Um. I don't know. I mean, we, we've we eaten at some really sort of quite high-end uh, restaurants mm. and, like, I've stayed at Claridge's and stuff. But um, I think things, are, even at high-end places, dining restaurants and stuff like that, I think it's things are just generally not quite so rigid and more relaxed now.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I I'm a, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm very much a stickler for manners in your everyday life.
0: Just the little things. Yeah, like please please and thank you when opening doors for people. Yes,
1: yeah, exactly. And it's, like, yeah. it's the most basic thing, isn't it? But if you if you open a door for somebody and they don't say thank you, what do you think? What how do you react?
0: I know I shout you're welcome. But really, that's what so I
1: do fantastic. too. <laughs> <laughs> Which really says fuck you, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I do.
0: It's the same with, and I don't know why because I do it myself, you know when you, you're you at a zebra cr- crossing and you always tend to just wave at one calf and thank them for stopping rather than both?
1: Yeah, because it's – I, yeah, I commented on that not that long ago to Andrew because I think it's funny because it's like, well – You've got a right to cross at the zebra crossing. That's what it's there for. So why do you say mm. thank you to people, <laughs> people for not running you over?
0: <laughs> but the why only thank one? You've got two arms.
1: Two, two directions possibly. <laughs> Traffic. It's, it's like this funny thing of um. I remember when before I moved here, but when my sister was living here, and we were driving uh, around where she lived, and she, she commented on, you know, that thing where one car stops because there's cars on their side and then you go past because you've got sort of right away, but you always have to put yeah. the finger up or, the like, she says, you always have to just do the nod and put the finger up just to say, like, the thank you for stopping, even though it's the yeah. rule, that's the road rules that you do stop. <laughs> but you're forever doing that, aren't you? Constantly. Yeah. All the
0: time. It's a funny. I mean, when I... I don't. I don't drive the half always. It's a funny being, thing. Uh, thanking people for sticking to the highway. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly.
0: Thank you for not running me over today. Yeah,
1: but it's. I mean, it's a. A, a lot would say it's a very English thing, isn't it? Because, in this country, it, you you know you are much people stick to their spot in the queue and you're very Mm -hmm. frowned upon to push in. Whereas in Italy, it's like just, you know, every man for himself sort of thing. It's quite a cultural thing here.
0: I don't know why we like queues that often, because I know people whinge about them in private, but out in public, Mm. everybody over here is happy to stand in a queue for three hours. Yes,
1: Yes, exactly.
0: But then, like you said, they'll go to a different country like France or Italy where... If you if you, not focusing for a minute on what you're doing, then you
1: you've lost at yeah. the
0: back of the queue, and that's it. Yeah, Somebody, yeah,
1: three other people have got served in front of you, and <laughs> they walked up after you arrived. But like Italians, and that they don't, they don't just don't give a shit really.
0: Do they have like we we say English manners, mm. which everyone tends to know what it is. But do they have like say Australian manners?
1: Um, like, is that? Or well, is, is that, that like, you know, if you act like a cunt, you'll get told. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a,
0: bit more, a bit more straight to the point than what we are
1: over it. Yeah. 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 And, I mean, we're just much more relaxed about m- most things, really, in day-to-day life. Very much that sort of like, oh, yeah, she'll be right sort of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, just... But, you know if you if you're a dick you'll get told you're a dick so i think that's reasonable a
0: bit, a bit more community based though that's the impression that i get
1: yeah yeah
0: rather than i think british people are very um what's the word i want to say independent but that's probably not the right one but they it's not often when British people get together as a community, it tends to be through negative things or experiences rather than everyone working together as a tight-knit community. Yeah, yeah,
1: like maybe. Have you, have you seen that uh, thing with it's Bill Bailey talking about the difference between um, happiness in the UK and happiness in other countries? <laughs> it's, it's actually quite spot on. Was
0: that on YouTube? Um, where have
1: I... Yeah, probably. Or it's just come up as a reel somewhere or other. Um, I'm
0: going to write down... Bill Bailey, did you say?
1: Yeah.
0: I'm going to write that one down. I'm going to look at that one.
1: I do love him.
0: Ricky Gervais did one that popped up yesterday with Americans versus Britons, and it probably goes back to what you were saying about... um mindsets, but he was saying that British people are Americans are always told that they can be and do anything that they want, and that they've all got a chance to be the next president, and that's how they're brought up, and that's their mindset. Mm. Whereas British people are always told that you can't fucking do it; you'll never, you'll never do it. So there's no point even, even trying. Fine. Yeah. So that it's more rewarding for British people when they do become successful, because they're always told that they can't. Oh,
1: that's interesting. Yeah. Do you think that's true? I mean, yes and no. I think, especially
0: at school, I didn't have a lot that thought that I could do anything or would amount to anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there were certainly students that they were the opposite with that they thought the sun shone out. There are some, were going to go on to great things. Mm. And did they? Not, not them. Not a lot of them. <laughs> not a lot of them. unless unless you class uh, marriage and kids as a huge achievement.
1: Um, well, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. I never,
0: wouldn't, I never would got that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I've only done one out of two, so
0: <laughs> one out of two is halfway there, and we're not <laughs> not doing too bad. I, I,
1: I am um, like I never. No, I, I have a great deal of empathy for people who, women who, people who really, really want children and it hasn't happened for them for, you know, whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And I think I've witnessed firsthand that like for a lot of women, how difficult that is and they just can never really sort of come to terms with it. And it's something that they struggle with their whole life. I'm very glad that that has not ever been an issue for me. Like I haven't had kids um, and it's absolutely fine and it's not something that has ever been a struggle. Yeah. But it would be horrible for it to be a struggle if that's what you really wanted and you couldn't for whatever reason. That would be tough.
0: Yeah, so I mean I wouldn't know not being a woman, but I'd imagine that if you're put in that position, um, it will feel a little like, you've let yourself down in the sense that the female body is designed to do that naturally. So not being able to do that would probably, I'd imagine feel like there's a lot wrong with you.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, years ago, I was quite good friends with this um, woman. Um, I actually considered um, having carrying a pregnancy for them at one point. Yeah. I just, yeah, it was something that I considered, but um her husband had been married before and had three kids, and then they they got divorced, and then she got married to him, and the, her three his three kids like they called her mum and everything. Um, she had a great relationship with them. They all lived with them, but she wanted a biological child with him, and she couldn't, and it was just a great, great source of really deep grief. But she used to call herself Myrtle the Infertile Turtle. Oh God. Uh, which...
0: I mean, it ain't for effort on
1: creativity. But... <laughs> it's just like God who thinks of that, but yeah, that I just know that for her it was like an eternal source of pain and grief, and it was just the deepest kind of disappointment and sadness of her life, you know. And and I think that to have to deal with that and carry that, live with that every day would be really hard.
0: But, I guess really, even the other options to have kids isn't. Satisfying that instinct, either is it really? If it's
1: like if you're having
0: your own biological child, like that's that needs not going to be fulfilled necessarily by, say, adopt,
1: no, because and she already had three children, yeah, that she mothered that weren't hers biologically, so they were his biologically so but that obviously wasn't enough, like you say, yeah. Yeah, that would be really tough. I I have untold amounts of empathy for people like that. But I'm just glad that it it was never an issue for me. It's just like, oh, no baby. Yeah. No baby, okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Got the dogs, darling. (laughs) It's probably the better option anyway, having having pets than kids, my God.
1: (laughs) Well, I would, well. Although in some ways not to the same degree but like having like with us you know there's us and our dog and that's our little family really yeah and in the in the respect that everything we do is we have to consider the dog first yeah um it's kind of got that element of like what it's like to have a child because same thing when you have a child you always consider them first everything you do
0: it's especially like like with you going on holiday I'd imagine the first thing was who's looking after the dogs
1: (laughs) yeah well when I'm actually trying to book something I've got to juggle three things and they've all got to come together it's got to be the booking and the flight Andrew being able to get the time off work and the lady who she stays with is is able to actually have her and if one of those three things doesn't work well then Obviously, it just doesn't happen. (laughs) So, yeah, i have got to pull all that stuff together. But, yeah, usually figure it out one way or the other. But we are lucky because the lady that she stays with has two dogs and she loves her dogs. They're like her besties. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And she loves her. She loves staying. She loves being at her house. Like, she doesn't look backwards when we drop her off. So we know that she's happy and, you know, she's not fretting for us. So that's, yeah, good. We're very lucky.
0: I wonder if they do, like, dog holidays, you yeah.
1: know? Well, so often, often, I mean, a couple of times we've been places, stayed places in, in the UK that are, like, dog-friendly, but it's usually, like, you get the crappiest accommodation and the <laughs> all the crappy linen and the crappy towels and the, that because your dog's going to shed hair everywhere like ours does. And, yeah, so, and then you pay more because they have to clean more afterwards, so. But, yeah. But we,
0: that might be a business idea. We could set up a
1: dog-friendly thing. A dog, dog cruise. Dog cruise? Oh, God, can you imagine? <laughs> well, we were all sitting together last night and uh, and uh, Andrew was going, oh, why don't we try and smuggle her on the plane? And, like, just being silly, not obviously. And I said, oh, God, can you imagine what it would be like? Like, um, because as soon as we all sit down together as a family, um, she starts. In like then she gets into her protection,
0: yeah,
1: her territorial protection mode, which is you know what she's bred for. Um, like if we sit down at a table or in a cafe or a pub, as soon as we all sit down, then she starts barking and growling at anyone who comes close because <laughs> because it's like I oh, protect my family. This is actually our little space now, so you keep away. Yeah, but she, yeah, she made a fucking nightmare on a plane. It was hilarious. <laughs> And like she'd need her own seat because she's thirty five kilos. Imagine her sitting up with a seatbelt on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you know what? It's probably been done with um. Oh, sure. was it? oh no, it wasn't a dog. It was a a cat. I think I don't know how it got on board, but there was one video going around with um, a cat sat in the seat on an airplane.
1: Oh God! I mean I know. You, you, you. I only sort of seem to see it in America and that, but they, they, people take their service dogs on planes and stuff. I think, don't they?
0: Yeah, they do. do you know I've never ever seen that on a plane. Well, I've never More seen it.
1: Here. I've never seen it in all the all the parts of the world that I've flown in, but I've sort of seen videos and stuff. and
0: well, I suppose they'd have to, wouldn't they? They needed like <laughs> they needed to go to the loo mid-flight. Hmm? No, I suppose they have got the attendance, though to. But then would they, be able, they won't be able to find the button to press for. <laughs> oh, no, they, wouldn't know. they
1: wouldn't know, would they? Imagine if your dog needed a shit mid flight and just like, well, you'd have, to, you'd have to use the vomit bag to pick it up. And like, my dog's very fussy where she goes, so she wouldn't be just doing it anyway. <laughs> oh dear.
0: What time are we on? Nine forty-seven.
1: We've done. Yep, we're just coming up to
0: an hour and twenty-five.
1: Uh, yeah, eighty-five minutes, which seems to be our average these days, doesn't
0: it? it? We had a bit of a stint of sticking to an hour, and then I <laughs> think the last three or four have you been know.
1: ah, yeah,
0: not too bad. It just takes a bit longer to upload, but it's not.
1: Well, I've just. I mean, lot. I've like Sunday is my kind of rest day, so it's, it's not like I've got tons to do on Sundays generally so I don't mind
0: We're not eating into the day We're all right. No <laughs> I think I'm just going back to bed after this for a couple more hours but, That done. sounds like
1: a plan <laughs> Yes, well I, my, Speaking oh, of the dog you... yes, I'll have to go feed her because she'll be hungry Have a
0: brilliant holiday Oh
1: God, yeah, just come Yeah <laughs> Only two more days. Like, I've got one class to teach tomorrow. Andrew's working today and tomorrow, and that's it. I'm packed. I'm I'm packed. He's not. (laughs) Obviously. Oh, and and he's got. You've been
0: packed for like the last month, though. You've been.
1: Yes, I have. (laughs) Yes, I did start a month ago. And anyone who who thinks that stupid finger up to you, I don't care. I like packing. (laughs) Oh, dear. So, we get back on Saturday the 2nd, so we'll speak with you the next morning.
0: You will. And if I'm here next week, if you're listening, then I'm here. And if not, then I'm having a marvelous time doing sweet bugger
1: rolls. Yeah, it it, it won't hurt you to have a a week (laughs) off everything. I think that's a good idea. Why don't you come to Ibiza with us? I
0: don't think I'd hack it. I
1: know you're not going to the
0: party stuff. No. I just don't think I'd be able to hack it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Are we going to the old farts part?
0: (laughs) You'll end up getting into some antics over there, though. (laughs) Guarantee it. You're going to come back with some stories.
1: Oh, maybe. Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? But it's it's just a thing of some, you know, I just love that thing of you just get up, go to the shop, get some fresh pastries. Make some coffee, sit on the balcony, and then just think. Oh, it's eleven o'clock. Time for B. <laughs> is like you feel
0: better and healthier for doing that when you're on holiday? But if you did that over here,
1: yeah, I wouldn't, no, I'd never do it.
0: Rotten and flumpy.
1: God, I'd never eat. I'd never eat what I eat on holidays when I was here. <laughs> Be like the side of a mountain. <laughs> But yes, people like I I I always do this thing where I diet really hard before I go on holidays, and then I can just. Oh,
0: that shocks me. I'm surprised you do that.
1: Oh no, no, that's that's how I keep things where I want to mm. be. Like you know, like before I went to Australia, I I was the lowest weight I'd been for you know. 30 years or something.
0: Yeah.
1: Um because I knew that there wasn't I wasn't exhibiting one modicum of self-control or denial when I was on holidays over there like I just ate all the things. <laughs> and then I ate more of all the things and I think <laughs> like I put on I think I put on like 4 kilos in 3 weeks. Ouch. Yeah, a lot of which <laughs> a lot of which was alcohol because <laughs> <laughs> I drank every day. Um, sounds like I'm an alcoholic and I'm not. I hardly oh, drink.
0: Yeah. I, don't,
1: I, <laughs> I hardly drink at all, really. Like um, I'd be lucky if I had one one drink a week or one a fortnight. But, yeah, when, holidays is another kettle of fish, isn't it? It's completely different. So. But yeah, yeah so that yeah, it works for me. Diet hard before, and then when I come back, I'm just at my standard goal weight. Works for me. It's much easier <laughs> that way. Much easier to do it before than
0: savvy as well. Eh? <laughs> it's a pretty savvy way of doing it as well.
1: Well, because psychologically, it's so much easier. Because I think the worst thing is like the other thing that people do is like two weeks before they're going away, they give up and think, oh, well, I'm going to be mm-hmm. eating and drinking all the things and I might as well start now sort of thing. But, yeah. but I do the opposite. like And so mentally when I come back, it's just so much easier. You don't have to face that, oh, now I'm three or four kilos over what I want to be. Mm-hmm. So when I come back, I'll just be at the weight that I like to be anyway. So, yeah, just, to me it's easier and it works. So. Anyway, no one cares about that. (laughs) (laughs) Right, we've just hit ninety minutes, so we have done. All right, my darling. See you when
0: you get back. Have a brilliant time. Thank
1: you. Speak with you in two weeks. All right. Have a nice break. Bye. Bye.